All right, now I'm recording for real. Recording. Real. Real recording, real live. Real recording, real live. Real Housewives of Live County. Live from New York, it's me. I'm talking to you right now. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. All right, let's get the old camera working. Camera, Camry. Who drives a Toyota Camry? Is it, is it you? Are you the one who drives the Toyota Camry? Best in class safety features. Um, I drive a Dodge Stratus, goddammit. <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> I don't think he says goddammit. No, I don't he doesn't. Think you can say, I don't think you can say goddammit on mid-2000s SNL. Yeah. Early 2000s SNL. You can only, I think you can only started recently uh, being able to say goddammit on TV. I don't You better bring me a big chocolate apology beer. I'm just watching my children sing to Moana right now. Mm. It's the best part of the movie. It's the part where she's just like, I am Moana. And then like dives into the water. Mm -hmm. Sick. Ah, Vicky, Vicky, my Loki, Loki, do that. You know that one? Is that the song? Nope. Two worlds. One family. <laughs> Wrong movie. Son of man, look to the sky. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. For sure. Great. So. Great, great, great. I want to. There is no mind. uprising in bossing Sing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You ever, uh. Did you catch the part where he, bend, where he was bending air? That was crazy. Yeah, my uh, girlfriend into the, turned into the moon once. Yeah. That's rough. Seriously. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, $3 billion? Oh my save God. Save it for the cast. Save it I for know, the cast. but like, I'm save just like looking at it. I'm like, Jesus. Uh, I was just doing my research. I spoil it for myself. Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Very good, very good. See duel of the fates. Let's see what it says here. Mm. On the cob. On the cob. You are my brother, Anakin. <laughs> you are my brother, Bananakin. <laughs> um, yeah, apologize, uh, folks. Sorry. I uh, had to meet up with Matt Sokol. He uh, he's getting his first teaching job. So wow, buy my beer. Say tattoo. Say awesome. No, he he's got a lot of <laughs> he's got a lot of tattoos. That's a true about to say by them. It. Buying him a beer to kick off the eventual drinking habit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is drinking ever just a habit? Yeah. It can become one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like smoking. Yeah. Or crack. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a habit, yeah. Hey. It's a habit. Blade Runner anime on Crunchyroll. That could be good. We could watch that. No. What? Wait. No, well, who who did that? Blade Runner anime. I, there's somebody. That I think it's a new it. thing. It's oh, on Adult Swim right now. Right, yeah. It's like Adult Swim Crunchyroll. 
Okay, let me see here. Directed by Shinji Aramangaki. Yeah, but there's also the other one that's coming out with the milk. The milkman himself. Oh, the, the Ridley man. Scott man. man the milkman. <laughs> Ridley Scottus, yes. It's the milkman. Oh, yes, the okay. milkman is here. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And tonight we are talking about the 2008 uh, Rockstar blockbuster hit, Avatar. The Last Airbender. (laughs) No, no thank you. Oh, okay, not that Uh, one. Not on this podcast. (laughs) Not on this podcast. Um... Avatar was written and directed by James Cameron and produced by James Cameron, starring James, uh, starring (laughs) Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Michelle Rodriguez, Rip, and Sigourney Weaver. There's quite a few other uh, people I'd like to mention. We'll get down there. Yeah. There's a nerd from uh, Grandma's Boy. The nerd from Grandma's Boy. Yes, He's he was. In it. Guess what he played? A nerd. A fucking nerd. Fucking nerd. A nerd. Okay. Um. Aside from that, yeah, distributed by 20th Century Fox. Did I say 2008 or just 2009? I thought it was 2009. Yeah, 2009. It's 2009. My the bad. version I watched said 2009. It's 2009. My bad. Anyways, the budget was 237 million dollars. The box office was 2.8 billion dollars like what the fuck that's, that's a lot insane. of money fuck and that's adjusting insane. for inflation uh, in adjusting for inflation adjusting it's still not the highest grossing film mm-hmm. no it's Titanic, technically right? no technically the highest grossing film was uh i think gone with the wind oh mm. i think gone sci-fi. with the wind broke three billion dollars if if you adjust with adjust with uh inflation but realistically so you know it's it's avatar so 2.847 billion dollars and somehow on the books it still lost money just kidding no it did not lose money <laughs> um because it was 237 million uh roughly some people will give it a little bit higher but it was also 9 million for the re-release um mm. and i think also you have to count in that there's probably another 100 million spent on just marketing for this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And right. trying to get that, but it worked. I mean, fucking two point eight billion dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It worked. Um, I wish I had that money right now. It worked so well that they literally planned like six fucking sequels for it. So we'll get we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get too far into it, does anybody have a synopsis for this? Oh, that's As a usual, good question. I did not make one. <laughs> one second. I'm good Let at me two come things, to the rescue. And I'm glad you asked. Civil War soldier develops a relationship with a band of Lakota Indians. Attracted by the simplicity of their lifestyle, he chooses to leave his former life behind. Oh, wait, no, that stands with wolves. Yeah, um, yeah sorry, my nope. bad. That was what, weird. Yeah, do the other one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> on the lush alien world of Pandora live the Navi beings who appear primitive but are highly evolved. Because the planet's environment is poisonous, human Navi hybrids called avatars must link to human minds to allow for free movement on Pandora. Jake Sully, a paralyzed former marine, becomes mobile again through one such avatar and falls in love with a Navi woman. 
As a bond with her grows, he is drawn into a battle for the survival of her world. It's Avatar. The Last Airbender. Oh, no, 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 Kevin Costner. It's Kevin Costner. So, fuck, man. All right. So we've, we've done a few of these movies before, but this is one of those movies, and I'm glad we're talking about it, is this is one of those movies that literally not only advanced science fiction, but it advanced uh, filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does that every time. It, James Cameron like, just does, does do it that. every time. He's not the <laughs> only one. I mean, George Lucas is also one of those ones that also pushes the entire industry forward. When he makes his like, you know, when he made the original Star Wars, he pushed everything forward. When he even actually, you guys will disagree, but even when he made Attack of the Clones, not Attack of the Clones, the uh, Phantom Menace, he was still pushing the industry forward. People did it better, but he still pushed it forward. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of just technical prowess, I mean, it's like, I mean, there are things like uh, that are still being used today from Avatar, you know, like 13 years later with almost no changes. Like there's this um, when they're filming on the sound stages, the actors have this six inch boom camera that sits yeah. in front of their face. Like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is being was used for like Avengers and like anything that would had you know oh, amounts of CG yeah. on it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, also, um, I'm sorry, while well, I'm talking about people who also advance it forward, uh, Peter Jackson was another one with The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, um, the people that did the visual effects for this was Weta. It was yeah. Peter yeah, Jackson's workshop. Uh, workshop, yeah, out there in Wellington. So, um, well, in New Zealand. They know uh, so how to that's do interesting. it. But uh, there, were, oh, there was a few things that I wanted to talk about. Like, Microsoft had to develop a new way of processing information for him to make this. Wow. Um, (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Microsoft had to develop new shit because there was so much data because obviously this wasn't filmed in uh, Wellington. It was Mm -hmm. filmed on the other side of the world. So they like the way that they would transfer data and store data was just absolutely insane on this movie. That's I'm going to have to come back I mean, to it at some that's point, like, but, that's, like, that's, like, but petabytes, a petabyte of digital mm. storage, that's how much information had to be stored, how much data had to be stored at any given time. Like it was insane. That is bonkers. Yeah. Even um, here in 2021, you know, towards the tail end of 2021, I mean, we're still just dealing primarily with like terabytes of storage. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, you'll get your two terabyte uh, M.2 SSD and think that you're hot shit versus uh james cameron who's using gargantuan amounts of storage space i mean there's entire like you know like server farms and they break a few petabytes today and like mm-hmm. james cameron 2007 2008 decided mm-hmm. that he needed to push technology itself forward yeah. to oh, make his casually. film so so it, it, it was it was in cloud computing uh it was the digital asset management system called gaia that microsoft built mm-hmm. just for avatar mm-hmm. just for this mm-hmm. movie to be made they, they built that for him. Yeah, it's it's insane. And he pushed that technology forward to the point where now filmmakers have this this tool at their at their disposal. Mm-hmm. It's really What's Microsoft important. up to now? Uh, I th- think they're trying to solve world hunger right now with uh, with virtual with cloud reality. computing. Yes, you're going to eat clouds and Ooh. it's going to fill you up. Yep. I like oh, it. Really? I thought I, it'd I, be more light and airy. Yeah, I, I talked to Bill. He said it was it was, Maybe it was a little definitely. Turbulent. Definitely on the oh. docket for first quarter yeah. 2029. Mm-hmm. He's you guys, are, you guys are on a first name basis? That's cool. No, he talked to you. Oh. I, I, I talked to you. I assume that you talked to uh, Todd Howard, who mm-hmm. actually has right. in his on his MySpace, he's yeah. friends with Bill Gates. He's locked in your basement. <laughs> also friends with Tom, but that's a different story. <laughs> and he has a MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine Todd Howard has a MySpace. <laughs> It's actually where he's that's where he's putting all of his social media updates, but nobody's looking. Wait, wait, Microsoft Microsoft owns Bethesda, right? I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, I think they do. One of them owns the other one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's Microsoft owns Bethesda. So yeah, I would imagine that Bill Gates and Todd Howard are friends. 
Yeah. I mean, on, but Bill on Gates, MySpace, on MySpace, and Tom's there as well. Bill Gates yeah. doesn't do anything really with the company. I mean, he's on the. Is he still even a chairman? I mean, it's no, he's like, on the board. It's no, he made it. Yeah, he's on the he's board. Done. Yeah, probably he's on, on the, the board. board. I think he's busy with his philanthropic endeavors now. Yeah, I mean, him and Melinda installing five G and everyone. Wait, did Bill and Melinda Gates get split up? Yeah, they yes. did. They divorced. Jesus Christ, nothing sacred anymore. No, I got divorced before it was cool. Um. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I think it's that's one of the scary things with Bill and Melinda is they do so much philanthropically that it's like, what's going to happen to all of your shit? If you guys split, so we'll see how that pans out. She just gets half. Are you well? No, but that's the thing is, who's going to run the various like charities and shit that they do? So, well, I think it's called the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So I, I, know, I think they still have to be. To... I think they both still have to be involved. They just don't have to share a bed. Got it. Okay, moving mm-hmm. on. They weren't fucking anyway. He's made out of computer parts. That's true. Uh, it's called a vibrator, dickhead. <laughs> A vibrator dickhead? He would be a very great one. Yes, a vibrating dickhead. <laughs> okay, all right. Moving on. Yeah. This episode got blue really quick. Hold on. Let's I get, talk I get, about I get, other I things get, that are blue. Let's talk I about get, the Navi. I get a, hold on. I got to update my uh, band name list to vibrator dickhead. Okay, perfect. Yep. Anyway, the Navi. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. This movie, not really original. No. In terms of story, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. plot, heavily derivative, and this guy was inspired by a lot of shit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we there. can name so many. I mean, people always name like right off the bat. They want to name like Pocahontas. They want to name mm-hmm. Ferns Gully. They want to name all these dances with wolves. Dances with wolves. All these very yeah. famous ones. Um, I'm pretty sure that he went in even further depth of the things that actually inspired him to make this movie uh to write all this blood meridian uh, blood blood meridian <laughs> you know what that's gotta be it it's gotta be somewhere in there um yeah. oh shit there were so many i'm sorry i i, I lost it there were so many especially when it comes to to things about like imperialism and like africa and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of movies that inspired him to make this. Well, and it's also, there's a lot of interesting things about like the concepts of the technology that came from like uh, cyberpunk and like, you know, he said, what is it? Ghost in the shell in terms of how humans can remotely yep. control transfer mm-hmm. personalities. Yep. Definitely. So it's like very interesting, like sorts of concepts that he put in there, which I really, that's what the film is about. It's about aesthetic and concepts, not so much the plot. You know, the plot is something that happens in the movie, but really what you're watching it for. It's like Titanic, you know, Titanic is like not a great love story, but you, you know, people started watching it because of the amazing things that James Cameron did with it and with the environment and the historical I just watched it because it was uh, on a list of like the top 10 Billy Zane movies ever made. Hell yeah. Yeah, Tombstone's also on that list. So Working Uh, my way through that. Yeah. Um, Let me see here. It's a very short list. It's only 10 movies. (laughs) I, um, (laughs) you really should get on that. Um, (laughs) I should wrap this up real quick. Uh, mm. No, but there's oh fuck, there was other ones that he included, like uh, movies that I grew up actually watching, like uh, oh, was it Medicine Man with Sean Connery? Mm-hmm. That was an inspiration for this movie. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. the, all that little shit. Like you I, need I to stand it. still so I can get that arrow out of your side. <laughs> <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I think I think that's the the plot of he Medicine talks Man. And yes. Just chuckles. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's the, the plot of Medicine Man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. The Jungle Book. Yeah. Also. Oh yeah, Jungle also Book. Part yeah. Of it. Uh, anyways, uh, yes, we can yeah. all see that here. Yeah, right. I um. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of inspiration there, but I like. It is also like an original, setting as well. Mm-hmm. It's very cool how like it's a very different take on how a planet works. You know, it's not just things living on the planet. It's the planet that's sort of in essence alive because it has a literal consciousness. Definitely. So it's like, 
so it's like really interesting and so this is this so okay looking at it it is uh it takes place on the planet or the um moon, the moon. pandora uh which is habitable moon orbiting polyf polyphemus a fictional gas giant in the alpha centauri star system so he makes it you know possible by making it alpha centauri um but yeah, no, no, I mean, I think it's it's super cool. I think anybody that you talk to about it really is talking about the setting that it's set in and the, you know, concept of sort of ecology and the environment and cool concepts like, you know, transfer of consciousness sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah. no, I think that you're you're right. That is one of the unique properties of this movie is how they kind of explore that. I always like the idea of taking an old concept and putting it in a new setting. Mm -hmm. And the stories that we're talking about here, really, this is the first big sci-fi um, setting for this kind of story being told. I mean, if you want to go with sci-fi, I mean, there's a few other movies that kind of touch upon this the subject but i don't think anything really that big with sci-fi like with uh colonialism imperialism and colonialism sort of imperialism greed. yeah something like that but even the level you're talking about with like a force mm -hmm. that's connected and alive i mean we got it we see it in anime all the time but mm -hmm. uh, was it princess mononoke like oh yeah the yeah the, the, yeah, the forest, forest spirit in that movie mm-hmm and it's kind of a similar, definitely a similar concept with the invading, you know, the, uh, I guess the invaders trying to take what is, you know, belongs to the land. Yeah. Um, mm. I definitely, I think mm. I connect more with the imperialism side of this movie. Uh, that's like the biggest thing that stands out to me, like a, because we, you know, we all live in the United States, obviously. So, um, we can kind of that's a part of our country's history is the whole imperialism thing. That's uh, something mm -hmm. that we have to kind of focus on, but also just in the world we live in, there's no continent untouched from exactly what's going on here with the Europeans showing up and they, you know, the exploitation of resources and the exploitation of native populations and stuff like that. So I, I think it's a very raw and real story that no matter how many times you tell it, that doesn't lose its effect, or at least it shouldn't lose its effect. And I mean, and then the the resource that they're going after, unobtainium, which very subtle name. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so unobtainium, I mean, it's there because the energy crisis. I think they hinted at like some sort of energy crisis or something uh, on Earth, and they send people out to collect the unobtainium, and they, um, you know, and it's one of those things where when people become so focused on one thing, they destroy everything else that really gave it any meaning. You know, like, so you wind up becoming, you make the whole process meaningless by the means that you used for that end. And um, so it's like, okay, we want to get this unobtainium to have, you know, energy, but we are really murdering a planet or a moon to do it at such a level that, you know, it's like anybody that became involved with it took a step back and they said, this is something real and we're using it to support something that's so fake and, you know, so manufactured and, you know, sort of disgusting in a way. And so it's like, you know, it's like there's that huge environmental environmentalist feeling coming out of it. And I think anybody, I mean, that's, that's like stating the obvious, but I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things to like focus on because you can get so lost in the cool aspects of it, but really at the heart, it's about environmentalism in a lot of ways. And like the ecology of the whole, you know, you look at the whole and you determine not for human utilism, you, 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 not for human utility, but for just existing on its own. You know, do we value things because they are useful to humans or do we value things because of their intrinsic value? So I feel like that's like the main sort of theme that's in there surrounded by so much fucking cool shit. <laughs> yeah, so much fucking cool shit. So it's much. Only, it's, the only way, it's the only way you can describe it. it I, 
So I haven't seen this movie in several years, but I've seen it a million times, I feel like, since it's come out. And it still doesn't lose, I don't know, the... I don't know how to describe it, but there's something special about this movie. Everything felt like it was dialed up to 11 mm -hmm. the entire time, and they, they just don't hold back on it. Visually, it's stunning. Um, the sound, the music, all of it just really hits you. The acting, like you said before, everyone kind of knew what they were, how important this was with what they were doing. I, phenomenal. And we got the classic sci-fi woman herself, Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We got, we got Space Weaver. Love Which her. I love that as soon as she comes out of her... You, when you first see her, she comes out of the pod and she's like, who's got my cigarette? <laughs> my cigarette. What's wrong with this picture? Classic yeah. Sigourney Weaver just going oh, yeah. after that space menthol, you know what I mean? Space menthol. <laughs> All right, get in the suit, honey. <laughs> hey, Marie, hey, eat, this, you. eat this fruit. I'll have some ranch. Ranch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely. So this is my, I think I mentioned it last episode, but this is, I've seen the movie exactly once and it was today, mm -hmm. um, for the first time ever. Um, and I was like, I, you know, I, I've got the comparison in my brain, like, oh, it's, you know, dances with wolf in space. I'm like, well, I've never seen dances with wolves. So like, I get the concept, but let's, let's check it out anyway. And, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it is a, uh, that is a long one. That is a long boy. I think it's like two hours and 40 some minutes. Mm -hmm. But I was not, I wasn't bored. It always had me engaged. I was always like looking at the visuals and it's just gorgeous. And there's always something new to learn. You know, you kind of feel like you're learning along with the character of um, Jake. You know, it, and mm -hmm. uh, the the part where it's like, oh yeah, we've got um, you know, the the our our braids, you know, can basically connect into the network, and you know, you can connect with this horse creature, and then you connect with this flying creature, and then you connect with like the the spirit of the trees or whatever. And I was like, whoa, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory. Is this mm -hmm. one of those movies where the uh, where they came up with a special language for the movie? Yeah, absolutely. They worked on yeah. it for years, even. Right. So. Yeah, because I was going to, I mean, I know they really fleshed that out for Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's kind of similar concept. They call it a conling, a constructed language. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they developed that over years, which I always like. I like the history of constructed languages. I always think that's really cool. So, yeah. Well, because you got to break down what is a language and mm -hmm. kind of from the ground up build a language which is really fantastic and then you can start playing with things like dialects and all that kind of shit so mm -hmm. it always is fantastic to to learn about not enough properties i think take the time to do it because it is extensive and you, you gotta hire a professional and it's mm -hmm. gonna take years to do but lord yeah. of the rings star trek <laughs> well the it's not language it's yeah, it's interesting because it's like, you know, with a with any constructed language like this, you have to first start with what is speaking this language. You have to start with the physical dynamics of moving organs to make sounds. So like at a very basic concept, that's what language is. So it's like. I don't know. Now I'm just looking up stuff. Now I'm literally right now looking up stuff about the Navi language. So. Yeah. But that's is that not awesome though? Is yeah. that not something mm -hmm. awesome to have to be like, oh, I could just waste hours diving into this language that actually isn't spoken except for this movie. <laughs> well, I'm and sorry. possibly it's others, other movies maybe. It's, it's four sequels, right? We got two coming out in the next couple of years here, and then we got two more coming out. So by the end of this decade, we will have four more Avatar movies. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Two well, and three think... are already done filming. Two and three, mm -hmm. they're just in that post-production stage. Um, and then they're going to, yeah, have a a f four and five, Avatar four and five. By 2028, the fifth movie will have come out. Well, let's okay. hope it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, they, they, they literally said principal photography is done on... Two and three. It's just right. in post production, which I mean you saw that movie. It's gonna take them a long time. So Oh yeah. Well, I just wonder what the story could be about. 
whatever the fuck they want. They made their billions at this point. Hollywood mm-hmm. just literally told James Cameron, whatever you want to do, yep. shut up and do it. <laughs> He's one of those free pass directors who can, you know, what? pseudo do no wrong, who gets, you know, just a lot of resources and can do a lot. So with, we've talked about this before there. where he always swings for the fence and he makes it, but he doesn't do a lot of movies. No, he does not. If you look at what he does, he takes Let's his sweet ass there. time. He just takes his time and he does it right. Which is actually probably why James Cameron is so successful is because he doesn't just rush out movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm sorry. I'm just over here going like, <laughs> okay, I'm like, what's an adjective plosive? Let me see. Like it's just yeah. like all this stuff. I'm like learning about the language. I should be doing a podcast right now. That's what I should be doing. I'm I'm going to list for you because I've done it before. But I'm going to do it again. I'm going to list for you James Cameron movies. Mm-hmm. There are only 26. We're not going to count that uh, one. Yeah. The Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic, Ghosts of the Abyss, Aliens of the Deep, Avatar, Avatar Two. Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5. <laughs> but he doesn't do... That's not a lot of movies. He doesn't do a lot of movies. He doesn't. And that's... I but mean, the that's... the movies he does, I mean, given... There's a few there that I'm not really going to count, but mm-hmm. most of his movies are fucking a blockbuster hits, top yeah. 10 highest grossing movies of all time. Like, Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's why they keep signing checks to him because like, okay, you're going to make me a lot of money, so... Yeah. Do whatever you got to do for the next decade or so, because that's how much time he spends on each project, pretty much. I mean, the number of scrapped pot projects that he has, like, he doesn't do anything if he doesn't know, if he doesn't think that he can do it as or, passionately. Or he passes on to somebody else, like, because mm-hmm. of Avatar and all that shit, he wasn't able to make Alita Battle Angel, which he fucking loves, and he wanted oh. to make that movie. Mm-hmm. So he passed it on to somebody else. Yeah. And this is just a, a friendly reminder to all those who, who can do something about it. We want a second Alita movie. Can we please have it? Thank you. Where's my Alita? Where's my Alita? <laughs> just give it time. Disney now owns Alita, so they might make another one. Let's get that trending on Facebook. I think it's already been trended several times. It's okay. I know. Let's do it again. All right. Fuck it. Who can I bully off of Twitter this week? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. No, right. I love that guy. No, no, Just let's kidding. not do that. You think he uses Twitter? <laughs> I love Spanish Santa. Spanish Santa. That's really yep. <laughs> there's a, I there's met a him joke once. there, but I'm not gonna say it. Are you serious? You met? Yeah, it was yeah. in uh, Los Angeles three years ago, three or four years ago. I was. Uh, this is unrelated. And I'm gonna probably cut it out. Mm-hmm. But. um I was with uh, Ash, my friend Ashley, and uh, mm-hmm. we were visiting our friend Betsy in L.A. And um, we we went just to visit her, but we also found out that he was doing his art exhibit at Home with Monsters from his uh, you know his collection of stuff from his Bleak House. And we found out that Friday he was going to be there signing autographs. And so oh. we uh, we went like we got our tickets changed from Saturday to Friday. And we went, and the art exhibit itself was incredibly cool. And um, we got to meet him and photo op, and he signed some of our stuff. I have a signed fr- uh, poster from him that I need to frame and put up. But yes, um, I Great don't guy. know why you need to cut that out of this podcast. I think that's completely fine. All right, that's I'll leave it in. Cool. All right. Um, well, shit. All right, let's yeah. get into the sci-fi aspects because this movie is fucking sick when it comes to that first mm-hmm. off space travel love the way they did it classic james cameron he's not going to beat around the bush realistically human beings probably got to be put in cryostasis to mm-hmm. get from point a to point b it's not going to be a speed run mm-hmm. they're no, going to be took asleep him, what, for they it said six years yeah six yeah. years yeah yeah i always love that that he did the same thing in aliens mm-hmm. which i mean he took Ridley Scott's idea and ran with it, but kept it going. I appreciate it. Really do. Uh, what else did he do? What, uh, what else about this movie do I fucking love? First off, this guy definitely played Halo for a little while before he 
started making this movie because oh, yeah. there's so many things. And no, that's a lie. Halo actually took things from aliens, but um like the Pelican mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. Halo is I'm ninety percent sure based off of the landing of the craft that they use yeah. in the movie Aliens. Mm-hmm. And they brought that same kind of feel to this movie. He brought it again, which I love. Uh, just, oh, everything about it. The mech suits. <laughs> All the crazy tech stuff about this movie are awesome. I fucking love it. And it's also like, it's also like, I, I mean, to get into like sort of the sci- science, pseudoscience sort of science part of it, the hive mind sort of thing, the, you know, incredibly dense, complex network that lives within this planet. I mean, it's like, to literally say, you know, we can say that everything in nature lives together as a whole, but this literally is almost like one creature. And so it's like, almost like Awa is the, you know, name that they give the sort of group consciousness that, you know, they basically upload themselves into. Um, And like, basically creating the more neurons from these tree to trees, you know, each one is like a synapses um, or each connection is like a synapses and there's billions and billions and billions. It's basically a giant genius human brain planet. And so it's like, that is, is cool. <laughs> and it's like separate consciousnesses, separate conscious living within the same sort of network, which is a different idea in itself. And it's, yeah, I don't know. So fucking cool. I mean, for someone who was interested in cognitive science for the longest time, I mean, that was probably the coolest part of the movie for me. I think it said it at the beginning. That's just the fucking coolest part of the movie. I guess we all have our different points of the movie that we appreciate the most, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but fuck, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. And I love the idea that um, they create these avatars. Um, in which genetically like they're developed based off of the person that's going to inhabit the avatar but i love how they kind of showed that the brains were like synced up in the exact same way the the neurons or whatever you could probably explain it better than i can and all those synapses are like firing in the exact same way and that's how it like the the transfer of consciousness happens is the brain is just completely the same even though it's in two different bodies two different species but what if that's the key I doubt it, but what if that's the key? <laughs> I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool concept. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, obviously gray space there where it's like technology is cool. Quantum, quantum, quantum. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's, it, it's a cool concept to say like, can you, cause they're not, their consciousness doesn't exist in one place at that point. So their consciousness lives in let's say like it's almost like playing a video game you know it's like you are in front of a computer and you control this thing that is in virtual space but what if it were real space and you were synced mentally with it Mm -hmm. and like you know given this is in 2154 or whatever um you know technology for scanning and reading the brain and then projecting that onto something else supposedly wirelessly i guess um is interesting i mean it's it's an interesting concept um they don't really you know go into detail obviously it's kind of like oh here's this magic plot device that you have here you go um but at the same time it's a cool concept that transfer of consciousness from one place to another or duplication of consciousness like we've seen duplication of consciousness in things like black mirror I mean, Black Mirror was a big one for that, that, you know, you would duplicate your consciousness and then it would run your smart home for you. Um, But to take that and to put it into a body, into a living thing that you Mm -hmm. manufactured from your DNA combined with another DNA. I mean, it's it's a cool idea to like sync up the synapses, as we call it, you know, like to, you know, to read the brain real time, billions and billions of neurons at one time and then sync it up at the same time by firing the same exact neurons in a different location how much how much data is that how much mm-hmm. data transferred from one place to another is that like that's petabytes 
I mean, petabytes per second, <laughs> yeah. petabytes per second. Like yeah. that's insane. So, you know, it, it's, oh, see, that's what I love about it is we cover sci-fi where it's on one side of the spectrum, you have star Wars, which is literally just like space, space magic, magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and space wizards. And mm-hmm. I don't know what this does, but fuck, it looks cool. It's and fantasy, on the other side right. of the spe- spectrum, we have like the expanse or the Martian where everything is so ingrained in the science as we understand it mm-hmm. that this is, they can, this they can is, explain how things work. Right. Yeah. The technology is not there to do it yet, but I mean, a few missing links in the chain and yes, mm-hmm. that is what, that's where we're headed. That is going to be how it is. That makes a lot of sense. And then in the middle somewhere you get avatar, which I think is a perfect blend of the two of it allows for, this is where we're going to be, but also what if we could be able to do this? We don't know how yet, but what if we could do that? That's insane. So I really yeah. appreciate it. I think things like Avatar are really important with inspiring people to figure out how to do these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big part of sci-fi. Almost the responsibility of science fiction is to inspire future real technology. You know, in a lot of ways, that's what Jules Verne did. That's what a lot of, you know... A lot of science fiction does is, you know, you kids at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve get it really into this science fiction stuff. And then when they turn, you know, when they go to college, they're like, I want to do engineering because that would be cool. And mm-hmm. then they wind up making the things that they saw into a reality. The, the fucking cell phone, the guy that invented it mm-hmm. was a fan of Star Trek when he was a kid. Right. <laughs> and he grew up and was like, I want my goddamn communicator. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he just made it happen. Yeah. And, it was and just then he like, ruined the world. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I this mean, is how we got TikTok. I spend but, nine hours a day on this thing. But I mean, I mean, to say like, you know, to be like, to invent the cell phone and just be like, I want something that can fit in my hand that can communicate real time, you know, by using light waves, by using, you know, radio waves and and stuff like that it's like you know uh, to explain that to someone a hundred years ago would be impossible you know like i mean to explain to someone yeah yeah 50 years ago well 50 years ago i think we were on track for it but yeah Mm -hmm. i always think that 50 years ago was in the 1950s Nope. <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> Definitely right. was not, sir. It was like I'm permanently the 70s. like 10, 10 to ten to twelve years yeah. old. Except I'm, the only difference is I'm drinking a beer. Marconi. Sorry, and I was I trying friends. to think of the guy. Oh, Guglielmo Marconi. Marconi? Yeah, Marconi. Yeah, that's that's when he. Uh, that's the one that um, actually embraced the original radio waves and and, and used yeah. them for things instead of just observing them. I mean, it's well, like, yeah. What, but I mean, here's the thing, though, is. I love when technology gets repurposed for something that it wasn't supposed to be used for. Um, sonar. The internet sonar was invented to literally find bad guys in ocean. Mm-hmm. And then scientists were like, but what if we used it to map the ocean floor? <laughs> you know, like yeah. Just exactly. wild shit where it's like, and then that, the entire species benefits because, you know, someone decided to go, what if we use the technology for this instead? How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, and okay, so we're going way back. So, um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember what this story was. I think it might have been with, uh, with Tesla, Nikolai Tesla. There's a story where you know, um, the people that funded his research, you know, was were walking through his lab, and they were like, okay, I understand. I see these rotating magnets in copper coils that produce sparks, but what is that good for? And he said. Oh, I don't know. I'm just curious about it. Like, I just, I just want to figure it out. I just want to know what it's all about. And then, you know, those are the same concepts that created generation of electricity and transmission of electricity and the light bulb. And, you know, these are the things people just screw in with stuff, you know, the research into superconductors, like what are superconductors? Those are just weird things, but they've turned into something completely different, you know, a research into carbon, you know, carbon fiber you know it's mm-hmm. and like fiber optics and all the stuff that used to just be like okay that's a cool science experiment but what are you going to use it for you find it you find what you need your utility for it mm-hmm. uh, with the human experience and imagination 
yeah then that's what sci-fi is good for <laughs> that's what I, avatar is good for that's what something avatar comes from it for. that's what james cam fuck it that's what james cameron is good for james cameron yep. at this we point. Love you, I, baby. Will say, I will say that james cameron has within the last 30 years single-handedly been one of the most important people to science fiction and probably filmmaking in general so yeah yeah i'd say so i mean every time he comes up with something it's another leap and you know to to sort of pioneer things in that way is is not to be understated no it's not and i i can't wait to see who the next james cameron is because i feel like there's another one coming um but we haven't seen him yet just that one guy that wants to keep taking us forward it could be us no absolutely not God it's gonna be me. I don't have the drive, my man. I don't have the drive. You just I got just, a new car. I just figured a fast out. one. Uh, I just got myself to do laundry for the first time in three weeks. So oh, don't remind me. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that because like, I have so much laundry, but I do just enough to get me through the week. Every yeah, time. no, it's like, it's daylight savings do, time. I need to do more than this. So anyway, I'm going to get over that before I create the next generation of technology. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm just, I tell you right just now, it's not going to be me. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. No, but I, I would say, okay, so just overall on the film, it's like we have all these technological things and sci-fi that we're talking about, but also like the performance by the cast is fantastic. I feel like in terms of like acting with Sam Worthington and... And uh, and Zoe Saldana and even mm -hmm. uh, what Stephen Lang, Stephen Lang, was Stephen a Lang badass. is a national treasure. He's a national treasure because badass. he's done so many roles, a lot of them ridiculous, and he just dials it in to a hundred percent and owns it. Yeah, is that's Stephen exactly Lang right. the uh, army captain. Yes, he, he, yeah, the the army bad guy. The army, yeah, yeah. the army boy. The well, they're all mercenaries. None of them are army, but yeah, he's the security all, officer. I think he was the security officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, and you're right because everything, every single role he does, he just does 100. percent And you're like, okay, like this is what this guy does. He's sort of a character actor, but he just sort of plays the same kind of character. Uh, and dives into it. I think Avatar dialed him into that. Because mm -hmm. he's done a lot of roles since Avatar, exactly. where he's been dialed into that. But he does do roles um, outside of it. He definitely does. Yeah. And if, man, if you ever watch, uh, is it Gods and Generals that he did? Yeah. They Gods fucking, and Generals. Yeah. He, he wasn't like the the gung ho like guy that we picture him now. Like he's he's mm -hmm. done a lot of shit in his time. He's pretty yeah. good. And I love like him in uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. He's absolutely outstanding. <laughs> I, didn't I see that saw one. that. I saw that, and I was like, okay, I need to see that because this is actually getting me into like, okay, I need to follow Stephen Lang a little bit better. You should. And he actually was, he was campaigning hard to be in the second uh, Deadpool movie. He wanted to play uh, Josh Brolin's character, mm -hmm. which I'm not gonna lie, Josh Brolin was perfect for that. So they made the right choice. But Stephen Lang could have easily played that himself. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. No, I think he's great. I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, aside from him, mm -hmm. I thought. Sorry, I'm pulling up the cast right now. I thought that yeah. uh, Giovanni Ribisi also did a good job. You hate him. You hate him Which as soon he? as he starts speaking. He's the uh, the executive. Uh, oh, I'm playing yes. miniature. I'm, I'm putting in the in the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of guy. I thought he did a good job. Um, there's actually a one of my favorite um, Native American actors. Mm -hmm. uh, West Duty is also in this. He plays the the father. Yes, yes, mm. and he's very he's very distinct. You can always tell when he's in something. Oh yeah, you, you always get. Like so that. I like to think that every generation has their token Native American actor. Who's ours? Uh. Uh, what is it, Adam? Adam Beach. If you look up Adam Beach, you'll say, "Yep, that's our token Native American actor." Well, it's sad. It's really messed up. But that Hollywood hey, has a token I mean, Native American okay. actor. Listen. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. 
Adam Beach. Yep. No, I'm, uh, I'm just absolutely right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wind talkers. Hey, what's up? Yeah. I don't know. West Duty yeah. was right before uh, Adam Beach. Yeah. What? So they actually, they actually were in our generation. Together. He's, uh, he was born in '72. Yeah. I Who mean, was? but Adam Beach. Adam Beach is 50 years old. Yes, but he's. I mean, but he, he was in the movies that we saw growing up. He was acting yeah. age when we were growing up. Like, so Wind Talkers was a big one. And obviously Joe Dirt. I mean, his breakout role. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, Adam Beach has been in a ton of movies. He's even done, uh, uh, like Marvel, not Marvel, like DC movies and stuff. I think mm-hmm. been in a ton of stuff. Um, I just always appreciate him because I grew up watching this series. It was called, uh, Oh, fuck. What was it called? But it was um, Navajo police officers, like detective story. And it was uh, Adam Beach and West Duty. It was fucking amazing. Anyways, I'm, that's way off topic. I'm sorry. Moving no, on. No, no. I mean, that's but but speaking of, you know, West Duty, I mean, it's like he was kind of, you know, you're right. He's kind of a, a staple. I mean, he was. Is it, he was in Dances with Wolves, actually, which is yes, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Like, he was in Dances with Wolves, now, and the story is incredibly similar to that. If there's a large, a medium medium to large <laughs> uh, production in Hollywood, in, in film or in television, in the last 30 years, I guarantee you West Duty was in it. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there was... I mean, the one thing I know, I know he's like for sure is Magua in uh, Last of the Mohicans. I mean, that, that's kind of yeah, like that was his first big role. Yeah. And then Dances with Wolves. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. that's those are like the sort of like characters I think of. But yeah, I, I watch a lot of westerns, so he's he's in a lot of those. Uh, yeah, don't forget about Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> that's a that's a different thing. I mean, he's. Isn't Lou Diamond Phillips almost, like he's almost as old as um what's his face? Isn't he Filipino though? Um, he was born in the Philippines. Oh, Ooh. okay. He's born Ooh. in the Philippines. Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. Sorry, I was just looking up because we should probably uh, mention uh, West Duty is of the Cherokee tribe. Cherokee tribe. Um, yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips is part Cherokee. Is that real? I'm on the Wikipedia right now. I think we have completely gone off the rails here. <laughs> we have. Uh, um, <laughs> <like> literally. <hey. laughs> I've gone off the... Yeah, now we're just talking about West yeah. Duty. No, okay. But yes, West <laughs> Duty. West Duty, I thought that's was the, great. Um, that's the new sub-podcast, Going Off the Rails with Sci-Fi Cross-Section. <laughs> going Off yeah. the Rails with West um, Duty. But the one thing that we need to mention, which we haven't yet, which is probably the most critical part of this movie, is Michelle Rodriguez. Which I always mm-hmm. love her. What did she yep. get canceled for? I heard she, that she got canceled. What's did that? she get canceled? What? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Michelle, say it ain't so. I don't know. She's definitely all. She definitely always plays like the tough chick. Yeah, like, I mean, she's it's always type, like there's a lot of typecasting going on in this movie. Per, you know, you get yeah. Michelle Rodriguez's tough chick. You get the the nerd from um, uh, Grandma's Boy playing the nerd. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> the grandma's boy nerd, the, <laughs> the grandma's boy nerd. He's like, psh, psh, psh. I mean, how did they see me? Sit I guess, I guess she's, she's got like, I, 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 as far as I can tell, she's got like DUIs and stuff. But yeah, okay. Uh, uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, no, but Michelle Rodriguez always kind of plays the same hard ass. Uh, female character that um, has has always dies and is only sort of dynamic in one facet um (laughs) you know sometimes that just doesn't happen and it feels like it's like your hard ass from beginning to end and that's what we need you to be for this movie Mm. no it's it looks like she defended liam neeson um Mm -hmm. during his whole racism thing yeah Okay. Wow. I mean, okay. So, but you know, like she, she always kind of plays the same character, and like, no, you look at all her movies, you go, it's the same character throughout all mm-hmm. of those movies. True. Um, yeah, and I mean, like we we talk about West Duty. I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these characters, kind of <laughs> Norm Spellman, Joel David Moore, Joel David Moore <laughs> plays the exact same character in every role he's in. <laughs> 
He doesn't have uh, a choice. He's just a fucking nerd. That's just who he is. Um, and you know, yeah, I feel like the cast did their job, and it's like the, I've definitely, definitely brought what did they what they needed to bring, but at the same time, it's a big blockbuster. So it's kind of like you have this cool acting, but that's not why you watch it. You know? No, that, that's absolutely you're you're mm-hmm. absolutely right, but you appreciate the good acting that's there even though you mm-hmm. don't need it because when you watch a big blockbuster with bad acting it yeah shows. you notice it you notice like, it it's like it's have, like one of those things yeah. you have dedicated good actors it just makes it that much better it really does yeah. especially like what sam worthington and zoe saldana did it's not easy mm-hmm. to bring a character to life like that bring a character to life on a soundstage with absolutely you know I, nothing i I would put them up there with Andy Serkis in terms of pioneers of bringing that out. I think in, they, in, they, they yeah. deserve just as much credit, but they don't get it. It's, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's because they do, you know, I mean, Andy Serkis really was the first one. I mean, to be well, totally yeah, honest. He was the pioneer, but I think mm. they are also important to that, though, you know? Yeah, no, well, they brought a lot of heart to their characters in a lot of ways, like very specifically. And... It was interesting. So just coming really quick into the technology again, real quick um, on the soundstage when, while they were filming, James Cameron developed a technology where he could real time render the environment that they were acting in so that he could see like, okay, if I change the time of day, if I move this Whoa. tree over here, you know, he could see what was going on where, whereas before you acted out the scene, they took all of the motion data and then they animated it later. Whereas now, um, James Cameron brought about this technology where you render it real time so that you can watch the scene while it's happening in the scene so that you can get an idea of what's going on, which is super That's cool. Amazing. I mean, it's like the one of those things, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, everybody would just expect the tech, you know, would accept the technical technological limits and just sort of move on. But James Cameron stops and he says, mm-hmm. I need something better than this, you know? Yeah, that's well, sort of getting into the history. Like, wasn't he just wasn't he trying to make this movie, and it just took him that amount of time to let the technology catch up? Is that not the backstory? To this? Yeah, he started. He tried to start this in '94. Yeah, and I think by '98 he wanted to film it, and he wanted to release it like '99, and he had to stop because technology wasn't there. He did not yeah. start filming this i think until probably sometime around 2006 2007 maybe when he started Mm -hmm. i mean Um, really i'm looking at it now yeah 1994 director james cameron wrote an 80 page treatment for avatar and he basically drew from it says from every single science fiction book he had read in his childhood um so this was the culmination of everything he loved about science fiction this is the culmination of everything that he loves about science fiction put into one property. So this is really where his heart is at, which is obvious from his willingness to do four sequels. You know, like you don't dedicate. That's the rest of his life. Basically, he's dedicating to Avatar and that's what he wants to do. And, yeah, you know, like I think you know. he's going to because he wants it to mean something still i think he's actually from what i also heard he's going to kind of focus more on things like environmentalism and stuff like that that's what the exactly. rest of the avatars are going to be about right right and that that's understandable because i mean that's the huge theme in this and to focus more on that and sort of making that change maybe you know james cameron is the reason that we defeat globalism or global warming and you know all this stuff and, and um somehow uh Oh fuck! I fucked my joke up. Yeah, <laughs> I was no. say some, somehow life uh, uh, finds a way. No, John Kerry. Somehow Kerry's going to uh, attach himself <laughs> to this project and uh, also <laughs> invents the internet at the same time. It's going to be at insane. the same time. It's Don't the new Al internet. Gore? Al Gore. Al Gore. Yeah, no. Al Gore. Al Gore. The internet and is He's a different Kerry. I'm sorry. Yeah, a different. Um, Sorry, I was thinking of a Vice Democratic President, yeah. nominee that, that lost to uh, George yeah. Bush. John Kerry is nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, Al Gore. Ah, I fucked my joke Al up. Gore. Yeah, it's Al Gore no, is going okay. to attach himself to Avatar. And yeah, he's going to attach himself to Avatar, and he's going to make the new internet, though it uses brains instead of technology. It, so. he's gonna use, it's going to be called Internet 2. Internet <laughs> 2.0. 
No, no, no. Yeah. Just Internet 2. Internet 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no point out. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, he's a boomer. He doesn't get point out. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> Internet 2. It's going to be, it's going to be great. We don't even know. We don't, don't even know yeah. the, how it's going to affect the world. Internet 2. That has MySpace built in, I hear. It's fucking really weird that you just said MySpace and I looked at a paragraph and MySpace popped out. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, that, I always love it when that happens. I don't. But it's well. so it, it's so interesting that like even before like I mean Pixar was just starting at this point you know like around this time like if you really think about it Pixar was just starting they just started animating things 100% CG and James Cameron comes out like 1994 1996 and he says I want to make a I want to make a project where it involves six actors in leading roles who appear to be real but do not exist in the physical world in 1996 when they had trouble shading characters for pixar so much that they decided to make a movie about toys so that it wouldn't look too weird (laughs) oh fun thing about pixar company invented by a director who needed a new technology to do something so he made a company to do it exactly (laughs) fun fact exactly history of that company is really fascinating going around making companies to improve the way they want to do things why am i not allowed to make it's called george lucas because you don't have zazz is it because i'm a psychopath it might be a little bit it's a little bit because it's because you didn't go to film school and make the connections you're supposed to make in film school so i wanted to go to film school i really did it's all about networking baby 100 percent about networking See, I'm very shy and afraid to talk to people. Same, same. That's why we're, that's why we only feed off of James Cameron's success as we all do in the world. Maybe that's why we are, maybe that's why our podcast isn't number one on iTunes. That's true. Maybe we need to invent. 100% about networking. That's all it is and we don't do it, so. (laughs) You know what we need to do? We need to go to PodcastCon. We need to make a new technology that isn't podcast and we need to make that yeah. technology that works for us so that we can create that technology and push podcasting further. Okay. Let's Bill, stream on Twitch. Can you, on that? I don't, can you do that for me? Bill? <laughs> you do it, Bill. I'm, I'm, Bill, no. can I ask a favor of you? Yeah, I gotcha. What's up? Yeah. Can you do that? What yeah, you I gotcha. No, I gotcha. Can, I'll, I, have, I have a couple hours here. I can do that. Can I actually yeah. ask a favor of you guys though real quick? Uh-huh. Are you going to ask us to do good sci-fi, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi? <laughs> oh, yes, Billy. Yeah, that segue was so sad. We're going to start with Bill. Okay, I think... So, in terms of plot structure, I mean, it's, like, very derivative. So, if I go from that angle, you know. But the technology, the environment, the heart of the story, everything about it, the aesthetic, everything makes it good sci-fi. I mean, it makes it good sci-fi. It makes me, you know, it's sort of the technology makes me think about what could happen. So that sort of makes me question things in a little, in a, in little ways and about my impact on the world, but also about technology's ability to enhance how we interact with the world in a way so i'd say good sci-fi yeah absolutely i i, I appreciate the way you said that very good thank you bill <laughs> andrew yeah i was like i said before i was definitely engaged um kind of had like in my thought like that elitist worldview that i need to shake of like oh this movie's beloved by the masses it can't be that good <laughs> right. and uh it was really good, actually. Um, I, I liked the technology. I liked the world building. I, you know, I liked the the lore aspect that the you know this world feels lived in. You know, you definitely like you feel their the actors' anguish when the uh, the whole world tree goes down and everything like that. So you know, it's it's really gripping. Um, it, it did not feel like I you know it it took you know two 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 hours and forty five minutes of my life just to like power through the movie. Like I was on I was on the hook. The whole time so definitely good sci-fi good sci-fi good um good good uh, technology advancing for the future let's see what he does for uh <laughs> let's see how he advances for avatar 2 yeah well i can't wait to see what he does next um i don't want us to reach that point where 
I forget the term, but I don't want us to reach that point where like we just can't advance any further. We like we've we've reached that, that pinnacle of like visual. Like I don't know. Yeah, we get someday stagnant. we're gonna reach it where everything just looks fake afterwards. Which we're what do you call it, the uncanny valley and everything? Yeah, well, it's, I think we're I think we're advancing out of the uncanny valley. Well, that's that's the thing is that like yeah that's that's the thing is that like you get you get like oh yeah that looks real that or it looks real and then when you get a little too close there's this dip the uncanny valley because it looks too close to real but mm -hmm. not real enough your brain goes into haywire and it's like no no yeah. no 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 no, no, no. when you try to do fake things that don't exist it looks fine but as soon as you try to do something that looks that's supposed to be real it just looks terrible well, uh, that, which we talked about in g mini man i was gonna um, but, say um, prime example gemini man yep but i think you guys all make great points andrew i i'm glad that you spent two and a half almost three hours watching a, you know the second highest grossing film mm -hmm. in human history <laughs> one of the most <laughs> work today. And, you know one of the most technically advanced films in human history and you thought ah, it wasn't just the masses being peasants um <laughs> it really is a great movie it i'm deserves, trying to be in a form a reformed elitist it it, de it deserves the accolades and honestly more than it, it got it only got three academy awards look how many awards they give to like fucking batman so i don't know I, that's just a be saying something but there's a lot of movies that get awards where it's like mm, do, yeah, do we really want to give them that uh, okay anyways i th oh, i guess i give my my piece here i think it was a great movie uh bill you're absolutely right it's heavily derivative there's not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until you get to like the sciencey kind of experimental shit it's really not original in any sort of way they're just as you say he's just compiling all of his inspirations into one he's wearing all his inspirations on his sleeve with this film and uh, i think it's exciting it's fun but yeah when you really break down the technology the science um i think it's really cool it really is cool and these are the kind of things that are going to push our species forward technologically is these movies come out people want to see it as a reality let's make it happen and mm -hmm. we can start by uh supporting jeff bezos and uh <laughs> getting getting to the point where we can start mining asteroids let's get there <laughs> make it i read a uh, conspiracy feasible. theory i read a conspiracy theory recently that i think is uh interesting um regarding billionaires going into space just that they're funding billionaires to go into space because they know that this planet today's are numbered and they're trying oh, to I've read all that. jump ship. No, I've, <laughs> I've, read, I've read that. That's a joke. They're literally just trying to get to the first one to get to the asteroids to start mining them and make all that money. Um, all right. I think that's all we have time for, folks. Um, we are going to be covering The Martian next week. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Love that movie. Another one I haven't seen. That's like the opposite end of the spectrum where it's 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 not quite as fantastical in any sort of way. It's very very we could be doing this in a year or two kind of science about it, but uh we will definitely explore that. Uh and then uh we got some other stuff we, coming up in December. Yeah. I know we got the the Matrix coming up later mm -hmm. next month. Mm -hmm. Uh there's and a couple TV shows coming out that we'll be covering probably early into the new year um what are those shows uh the expanse cowboy bebop oh just to name a few i think there's oh we're doing the cowboy bebop live action series i think we should i think yeah. i think it'd be yeah, a nice yeah. kind of part two to doing the anime um sure and this will be a little bit easier to digest than the anime because there's a lot to unpack with the anime so mm -hmm. um yeah we'll be doing that as well so uh i think that covers it until next time <laughs>